Hello everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy and today we are talking to Lara. I am so excited to hear this story. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you so much for everyone for tuning in and listening to her story. It's going to be a good one. So I'm going to pass over to Jeremy to introduce her but yeah thank you for being here and enjoy it. Thank you Lara for being with us today in this episode. Thank you. I want Um, to thank you and I want to thank Rosie for having me here. (laughs) Really. You're very welcome. And thanks to Gladys, who's next to you right now, <laughs> for connecting us. Um, just for the information, uh, Lara is in Spain right now. Uh, so we are not physically uh, recording this together. Uh, but yeah, we Gladys uh, contacted me last week, telling me I've got someone really interesting for you and your podcast uh, <laughs> with an amazing story. Uh and yeah let's do this and just a week later now we are recording it exactly um so uh yeah she told me a little bit about your story and i was like wow um so i'm I'm gonna be discovering everything just as everyone (laughs) okay uh i'm really excited about it Uh, i think it's gonna be emotional (laughs) probably Uh, rosie is a crier she cries a lot. Oh, I've cried so, in many episodes. Yeah. So just, yeah, I'm sure. No, of course. When it's emotional, you can't control yeah. yourself. Um, but yeah, so I mean, let's let's get started. You know, I, do I don't even know where to start or what to ask you at the beginning. Yeah, so I'm where, just gonna let where are you, you from. Where were you born? Yeah, That's what are. I want to know. I want to start from right from the beginning. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm Lara. I'm born in Lebanon, in Beirut. Um, in 1974, um, mm-hmm. we lived there during the war. Not all of it. I mean, the war exploded in 1975 and we left Lebanon when I was nine and we went to live in Canada, in Toronto, Mm -hmm. and we stayed there for eight years with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I went to high school in Canada. Then afterwards, Lebanon was trying to get better and we wanted to move back to Lebanon. But before we did that, my father said, let's stay in Paris for two years. You go to university there before we all head out to Lebanon. So my father used to go to Lebanon while we were in Paris, coming back and forth, organizing everything until he set the house and everything. And we moved two years after to Lebanon. So this is in 1994, we moved back to Lebanon. I already have a question. Can I interrupt? Of course. (laughs) Already. How was was it going from war in Lebanon to Canada? Like how? I can imagine it just must be two completely different worlds. Two completely different worlds. I didn't speak a word of English. So it's very difficult for us. The culture was huge. And the thing is in Lebanon, we used to live in a building and the whole building was the family. So each floor, a family member lived. So we went from a complete family, strong environment to completely being in Toronto, where we were not isolated, but it's different. It's it's a different experience. Yeah. We're not surrounded by family anymore. It's not the, the building is not with my cousins. We're not playing together every five seconds. So it wasn't the same. And then the language was huge. Mm. And the Canadians would see us like, you know, these Middle Eastern coming from the war. So there was a lot of attention, but it was uncomfortable for us until we got used to it. Just yeah. it was process. And then moving to Paris, Paris, it must have been different again. Like it was it's... totally different, but I was excited. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked Canada, but I wanted to go back to Lebanon. I'm more, you know, warm-blooded. I needed action. I needed the Lebanese environment because we're very much like the Latinos. We're very close to people and we, the warmth, the family environment. It's The Canada wasn't like that. My experience, yeah. of course. This is my experience. Yeah. Not everybody's yeah, yeah. experience is the same. So when we went back to Paris, most of my friends from university were Lebanese. So I started practicing Ah. my Arabic again. So I started feeling back my roots. I was excited and I was very happy. But yes, the experience was different. Because in Paris, the life is, it's hard. You don't have a car, you have to walk a lot. It's it's a different lifestyle. Yeah. And it's very busy and hectic in Paris. But for a university student for two years, it was fantastic. I had a great time. I experienced great things. It was nice. I have good memories of it. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to Lebanon was, for me, a dream. Like, I wanted to go back. So So how old were you when you went back? I was, 
I was 20. I was okay. like in the end of my 19, when I was like at the end of my 19, I was 19 yeah. and a half, something like that. Yeah. So I went to university there and I graduated from there. But uh, during uh, the, after the first year of my university, so after the one year of, of me being in Lebanon, I met um, the person who became my husband. So we were at this party, which was organized by my cousin. He, he wanted to organize a party for his wife, a secret birthday party. So he invited his friends and it was like um, understood through my parents and my aunt that I, me, my sister and I had to go to that party because this person, which is my, new, my husband who was who was who became my husband was going to be there and he had to choose between me and my sister and i was like i don't want to go because i already had plans with my friends and we were going to go out my mom's like no you have to go you have to be seen and she pushed us to go and i went by just going oh fine i'll just go and finish with this that's when i met him and that's when he was very interested with me uh, he wanted to see me more but he was too shy or embarrassed to contact me so he pushed his sister to contact me so we'd be seeing each other with like groups of friends, not alone. So I would be going out with him and his sister and his, her, her husband and their friends. And this was the is whole that, month of August. Is that normal, like in the culture over there for a guy to choose between like two sisters or is that, I don't know, is that, because that, that for me is like... That, that was organized by the family? Or... Yeah, it was not okay. organized by the family, but it was like an underlying message where the families want us to meet because they had discussed this before where they wanted their son to meet me or my okay. sister. And this was the perfect timing. Like, let's do this and it will be the perfect occasion where they get to meet each other. And then let's see what happens. Okay. Okay. So it's, not, it's different to like, I guess it's different to an arranged marriage where you meet them on the day and that's the person you're marrying Exactly. Like or not. It's it's kind of like, we'd like you to guys to meet and if you get on that's fine and if not okay exactly exactly okay. it wasn't like forced but it was pushed yeah. so from there on i met them and uh, we started going out i he was fine i enjoyed his company we i enjoyed his friends and after one month and a half of us being together my mom sits with him and me and she says you can't see my daughter until you put a ring in her finger so you have oh. to get engaged so he felt obliged. I felt like she was pushing this. I was a very uncomfortable because we didn't have we didn't have this discussion at home first, but she came out and said it. Mm -hmm. And he did. So we had an engagement where he wasn't very involved, let's say the word involved. He was there physically, but he wasn't uh, doing the steps that you would think a person who's in love with you or someone who wants to be married with you would do. Like he was being forced into something he didn't want to do. Yeah. At some point, my uncle was like, uh, so we're here for a reason because after an hour and a half, nothing was being done. No one has put a ring in my finger or nothing. No one has mentioned anything. My uncle was like, we're here for a certain reason, so let's get this thing started. And my husband's father said, well, this is not my job to do. If anything, my husband has to do this. Um, um, mm -hmm. My son has to do this. Hmm. So at that time, my, my boyfriend, my husband stood up, and I stood up, like two robots. We stood up. He put a ring on my finger, and he sat down. So I was very uncomfortable because I didn't feel any connection. He didn't look at me. He didn't touch my hand. He didn't hug me or there was no kiss. There was no, it was just, you know, very structured, very robotic, the yeah. whole thing. Mm -hmm. And from then, really, honestly, I, I don't remember good times with him. Um, mm. I just feel like it was forced. I didn't want to get married. I, it took me a long time to decide if I want to do this or not because I knew that I would have to move to Spain. And it wasn't about the move because they told me, go to Spain, check the place. If you like it, you'll move. I said, it's not about the country. If I like the person, doesn't matter where he goes, I'll go. I really don't mind. It's just what matters is like, I just felt I was losing too much just to be with this person. I would lose my family, my friends. I'm le I was leaving a life that I loved to go with him, which a person who I didn't, I didn't hate him. I didn't, I, I can't say I didn't like him. I liked him, but I wasn't in love with him yeah it was more forced yeah it's because i had to do this my parents my mom i kept on saying i don't know i don't i don't feel comfortable she says i don't know what you want um uh, this is he comes from a same social class 
um, he's older than you, he can support you. So they had certain criteria he had to pass a checklist. He had to check the boxes. He had to check the boxes. And for them, the love wasn't important. For me, it's everything, honestly. For me, love is very important. I believe in friendships. I believe in family. And I believe in love. And for them, I, I live in a fairy tale. I watch too much movies. And this is not reality. Reality is being with someone who can pay your bills and someone who you can have a life with. And for me, of course, it's important. I'm not going to play down. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's important. Mm. But for me, my heart was more important. And for them, that was stupid, if I could say that. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't not important. It was childish, immature. Yeah. And so how long was so. the engagement? How long was it between... So we got engaged. Yeah, I, we got engaged in November and we got married in July. And okay, so. he didn't live in Lebanon. He used to live in Spain. And so I used to see him only once a month for three days at a time. Wow. Oh, yeah. So that's not much. No. And at some point in our engagement, I returned the ring. I said, I didn't want to be married to him anymore because he mm. calls me one day and he says like, you know, I, I found a house where we're going to be living with my partner and his wife and his kids. I'm like, no. He says, yes, yeah, it's fantastic. It's good for you. You won't be alone. So I didn't want to have a discussion with him. I, mm. I just listened to him. I hung up the phone. I gave back the ring to my mom. I said, I'm not marrying this person. Mm. When he found out I'm not marrying him, he came to, Sp to Lebanon. You can't do this. I want to be with you. This was for you. So I was very naive. I believed him. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is that he was having a relationship with this woman. That's why he wanted us to live with them. His partner's wife, oh. with whom he has a child now. Wow. So my son was born in 1998, and her daughter was born in 1999. So, yeah. It was not a good marriage from the get-go. I mean, mm. I was never really happy. I tried to make it work in every possible way you can think of I tried everything he wasn't there I really think he was in love with someone else and it's mm, okay yeah. but as long as if he told me from the beginning you know what this is not working for me I'd rather be with her of course I would have been sad at that time but looking back I would have respected it more because this way he ruined my life he ruined my son's life he ruined his life and he ruined the other women's life yeah. yeah, and the other child. There's a lot of people involved here. The yeah. business suffered. His partner was not happy. I mean, with his actions, a lot of things fell through. I mean, we're yeah, the consequences. Yeah, very strong consequences. Mm -hmm. And for me, the most important thing was my son. So um, I didn't know about this, of course, um, that they were together. I was too naive. I just thought they were too close because she worked in the company with him and the partner. Mm -hmm. so I just thought they were always talking about business because that's what he would say to me but at, the, at some point I just realized the connection was too strong there was you know as a woman you get these instincts and you're saying something's wrong there's something's mm. wrong so at some point I was closing the shutters and I saw him walking in the street with her and the baby the carriage and, I'm, and he called me he was at the office so already that gave me a red flag I said something's happening yeah. I called her directly she says I have nothing to say to you. All the questions you ask, you have to ask him. So, of course, he denied everything. The next day, I called the partner. I said, let's meet. Because we lived in the same urbanization. Oh, nice. It's like a same complex. It's like a big compound. And yeah. everybody, we lived in the same compound. So, I called him. I said, let's meet in the gym downstairs. So, he's laughing. He's like, are we playing 007? I'm like, yeah, no, we're not playing 007. <laughs> but I have a question to ask you. I asked him, is something happening between my husband and your wife? And he's like, they're idiots. They made you realize it. I'm like, I don't understand. You know this and you're not saying anything. He's like, I've been known this for a while, but I thought they wouldn't make it obvious. I said, I, you should have told me. He says, no, don't go crazy. We should meet up and don't go anywhere because I was, I was going crazy. I was thinking, okay, I have to go to Lebanon. I have to take my son and get away from because now I was in this because at that time I didn't have friends here. The only people I interacted with was my husband, this woman and her husband. Mm. This was yeah. my world and my yeah. son. So I was like, there is no one here I can turn to. So I wanted to get in the plane and go back, but 
her husband's like, no, 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 stay here. We get together and the best um, revenge we can have is if we sleep together. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. I, of course, I wasn't going to go do that. <laughs> so I was like, the next day I, I lied. So I said, my father's sick, he's in the hospital and I need to, need to leave like immediately because I couldn't stay anymore. And I had to come up with a very like urgent reason to leave the country. Yeah. So my husband would understand. So I took my son and I went and I filed for divorce in Lebanon. But the thing okay. is, in Lebanon, the divorce is not civil. It's not legal. Like, let's just put it this way. It's not legally. It's uh, the government there. It's the church. It's by church. Oh, so if okay. you marry, the people who control it is a church. So if I want a divorce, I have to apply for an annulment. I have to divorce. It's not even a divorce. I have to apply for annulment in the church. There's okay. no civil marriages. Okay. So I had to go through that, which was hell, because the priests were all men. Um, I don't want to talk bad about them, because, but because I had a bad experience with priests in Lebanon. Mm. They said to me, men are dogs. You have to accept it, and it's fine if they're dogs. This is how they are. We just go after skirts. Um, and then they said to me, wives have to accept what men do. This is uh, the culture. You have to accept it. And I said, I'm not going to accept it. So I went through the annulment and they would ask me very private and embarrassing questions about my sexual relationship with my husband. I mean, mm. it's not, I don't think it was relevant for the church to know all these details, but they asked. And at some point, which was like two months, three months within the divorce, my lawyer calls me and she says, we're losing the custody of your son. Because the Lebanese law goes at the age of seven, the mother loses the custody of a child. The children are always the fathers. And for me, that was unacceptable. Because mm -hmm. before that, I was always unhappy with my marriage. I tried to leave him many times. And my mom would say, leave your son and you come. I couldn't. I honestly, I could not leave my son behind. Every time I saw a child, I cried because I couldn't. And I didn't understand why my mom was saying that to me because I, I honestly, I still don't understand why she said that to me. Mm. So the minute my lawyer called me and she said that, I, I had a meltdown because I didn't know what to do now. So either I was going to stay in Lebanon and live my life without my son, which my husband was going to take away from me and take them to Spain, which mm. he had already hired an au pair, which I found out. Or I would have to swallow my pride and try to make the thing work and go back. So let me just get straight. So from zero to seven, it's your child. But then after seven, it's the father's child. Is that right? Yeah, because when they're children, the father doesn't have the patience to feed them and bathe them. When they're <laughs> seven and the child gets more independent, the they're father They're easy enough to look them. after and yeah. yeah. The father takes them away. But my, my, my son by that time... His name is Alex. He was, he was four years old and they were still going to take him away because my husband was giving money to the church. So when you give donations to the church and you're a man in a man country, yeah, you have no, women have no rights, honestly, zero. Money-wise, economically, children, it's everything goes, it's for the men. It's a man world. So yeah. I, um, he, Suddenly, at that time, since he knew I found out I was going to lose custody to my child, he called me and said, do you want to talk and try to make this work? I said, yes. So when I went to talk to him and we said we came to an agreement, we're going to try to make this work, my mom got angry at me. So when I go home, I find my luggages outside my, my mom's house. She kicked me out. Because she wanted you to stay in Lebanon? She wanted me to stay in Lebanon. Yeah. So she wow. didn't want me to go back. So I had to go back into that house, which was super uncomfortable because the house was his parents and his sister and they were all there and they all hate me because for them, they think I said lies and I was embarrassing the family, which wasn't true. Hmm. It was very uncomfortable. It was difficult. It, it, those years were very difficult to me because I didn't have my mom. She was getting angry from one side, yelling at me from one side and from the other side, I was very uncomfortable with my husband's family and I couldn't trust my husband. So the only focus I had was my son. So every time my son would look at me in that house, which is my husband's uh, family house, he was very surprised to see me. Like for him, it was like, this doesn't go here. Like this entity doesn't belong in this house. It was weird for him. So I had to go up to him, don't worry. We're making things work. So I would make jokes with his cousins and play with them. So he relaxes. It took a time for my son to kind of accept that I was there. 
because wow. he he had heard many things. I mean, he was four, yeah. but he was very mature for his age. Mm. So when we came back to Madrid with my son, after one week, uh, we were walking home, my son and I, after picking him up from school. He pulled me by the hand and I said, I, I went down to his level. I said, what? He said, never leave me behind. I love you and thank you for coming back. He said, thank Whoa. you for coming back to Madrid. I said, Alex, I would never leave you behind, ever. If ever I leave again, you're always going to be with me. I would never leave you. He says, I'm, because he was happy to be back in his home. The parents were together. But it, it just touched me and it made me cry because he was very emotional. Mm. And uh, when I got back, I wanted to work in the office because that was one of his complaints that I, I wasn't working, which I always wanted to work and he didn't want me to work because she was there. Yeah. Oh. So I started going to work and I saw her. Now, before going to work, she sent me a message saying, let's go back to the way it was and let's spend our weekends together. Like, um, I felt shocked with the message. I quickly said yes, and I hung up, and then I got angry at myself. I was so angry that I said yes, and I still let them manipulate me. So I called her back. My husband was like, no, 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 yes, we should do this. You're doing well. You said well. You said well. I said, I can't. I can't. I called her back. I said, really? I'm sorry, but I have to take this back. I think it's too early. I think it's too early to go back to the way it was. I want us to, to be separated for a while. I want to be with my own family from the weekends, and then we see how it goes from here. She didn't like it. When I went to the office, she was very rude to me. She would insult me. And at some point, I went to her because she was in my husband's office when he wasn't there. And I said to her, you know, we are in the office here. We should treat each other civilly. Mm. Yeah, Let's put everything aside. And this is the workplace. Let's not insult each other. And she turns to me and she looks at me and she says, I could, in French, she said, I control your life, I control you, I control your happiness, I control your existence. So when someone says that, says that to you, I looked at her, I said, what the hell are you talking about? How can you be controlling? And she says, you have no idea what you're talking about. I control everything that you do. And she started insulting me. I don't understand why you came back. I said, you of all people need to understand why I came back. You have kids too. So I don't understand why you don't understand. We're arguing, we're fighting. My husband walks in the office and he looks at both of us, pale face. He says, what's happening here? I said, I don't know. Ask your mistress what's happening here. He went and he sat down on his chair. She stood behind him and I'm standing in front of them. Like they're a mm. team and I'm like the yeah. one coming at them. And I'm going, I don't understand this body language here. Why am I here and why is she there? He says, you have to understand. She's angry that you went to and dirtied her name. You have to give her time. She's taking her uh, her anger out of you. I said, but this is no way to treat someone else. And I'm your wife. You're supposed to be protecting me. He was unable to protect me. It's crazy that she was the one that was, I mean, I would expect it from you to be like, yeah, you know, the one no, that's angry and insulting. I, and no, I like, it's angry. crazy that she was angry with you she and you was had to angry. put up with her yeah. shit. Oh my goodness. Yes, because I came back. So during the whole six months I was there, I heard insults. Every day, every day she insulted me. She used to tell me she has my husband because we got engaged, like we got married twice, right? The first time in church and the second time after the divorce, we went, we bought new rings and we said, let's start over fresh. Yeah. Okay. Let's put a new rings on. It's a new beginning. Well, he lost both of them, supposedly. And what she told me is he gave it to her as token of his love, showing her that our marriage was nothing and she meant everything to him. So yeah, so one day I go into the office after hearing her insults for six months, which I couldn't take anymore, and I collapsed on the floor. His friend was there, and he, went, he wanted to run towards me to help me, and he stopped. He says, you should run after your wife. She's your wife. You have to protect her. He didn't. He didn't budge. He just stood there, looked at me. I cried on the floor for a couple of minutes, and then that was the minute I said, that's it. I'm never going to ask him to defend me. From now on, I'm defending myself and I'm defending my son. I'm not asking anything from him. And from then, that day on, I started in my investigation. I wanted to see if really all the names he called me that I'm insane and crazy, if it's true or not. I got, I got uh, some samples from the daughter 
and I got her DNA and my husband's DNA to make proof to show that it's to really know if it's his daughter. Well, 99.99% it's his daughter. Mm. Yeah. So I got the proof because until then he was saying I'm just crazy and I confronted him and he accepted after the confrontation. But we lived, we still lived in the same compound. So she would be in the garden, my son would be in the garden and it was really difficult for all of us. Yeah. So I don't know what to say. This just whole thing is crazy. Like it's, it's, it was very hard. It was very hard. But looking back, honestly, I have zero regrets. No, I yeah, z- zero regrets because my son came out to be fantastic. He has an amazing heart. He has an amazing character. Um, he has a love for life. He's ambitious. He's not like his father. Definitely not because his father is unable to show love or feel love or feel any type of empathy to anyone. Mm. And my son's not like that. He has friends. He has real friends who have his back. And I'm really grateful for that. So I'm really happy for what, of all the outcomes, of all the things I went through, I think it was worth it. I would, if I had to do it, I would do it again if this is what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, of course. And now I left, yeah, but the thing is I left my husband after my husband, my son grew up. So when my son went to university, he went to the States, to Boston University, I started planning my escape, not escape, my getting out. So I started printing all the papers. I started putting money aside. I started doing everything possible. So I leave. And I, during this four years of preparation, I told my parents I was going to do this. And I told my husband, I wanted to leave him and let's have a separation. None of them accepted. My husband would actually laugh at my face and say, how are you going to support yourself? And I would say, you're going to help me. And he started laughing. He said, I will never let you go. My parents would yell at me saying they would never accept a daughter that would leave her husband. So it, I suffered these four years because it took all my energy. It took everything I had to convince them and to explain to them why this was necessary. No one listened. So on December 1918, no, 2018, uh, he, my husband was in Lebanon and I moved out when he was not at home, because if he mm. was here, he would not have let me go. So mm. when he wasn't here, I, I had already found an apartment. I moved in. My friends helped me. Um, I organized everything. Everything was set. When he landed, I didn't want to hurt him because I don't like him, but I don't want to hurt him either. I'm not like mm. him. Yeah. I called him when he was in the plane. I said, I left. And he got angry and he called my parents and my parents started calling me. And then I didn't answer the phone. So I got very insultive messages from my parents insulting me. So I didn't answer. They sent it to my son. And my son got very defensive because now my son is a very overprotective of me because I have his back. He has my back. This is how it goes. Like we have each other in this world. Um, So I told my son to disconnect from them, but he couldn't. He's a very like he's like me. He's very confrontational. He says what he thinks. He's very he fights for what's right. Hmm. He doesn't like injustice. So I was like, you're not going to get anywhere with them because they won't back down. He says, no, I'm going to try to. He tried. It didn't work. So to sum it up, it's been um, two years. In this December will be two years I left. My parents don't talk to me. They don't want anything to do with me. They disowned me, basically. They called all my family members to do the same. But my uncles and my aunts and my cousins have my back. They do agree on my decision. All of Lebanon, the society knows and they agree because they know exactly what type of person he is. It's just that my parents, even though it's a more society thing that people don't accept, but this is a special case. They know exactly what type of husband he has been. Having women and having relationship and having other kids is not something you should accept. We don't come from a, like we come from a high level society. So we're very high society and we're Christian. So it's not accepted. Mm-hmm. even though the laws are with the men divorce is not seen as women don't divorce like in my country in Lebanon you don't see a lot of women divorcing the ones who do are very strong and they get a lot of criticism mm-hmm. and um, society at some point cuts them off because you know they're divorced but that doesn't change the fact that what I did was good for me I don't live in Lebanon I live in Spain and I think I deserve a second chance in life. And this time I get to decide. Now it's my choice. Now it's my time. That's yeah. why my friend and I, Gladys, we wrote the book. He never deserved me. 
because we wanted to share my story in more detail of everything that had happened in my life. Um, we wrote it under a synonym name because we didn't. I want because I, we come. I come from a very very private um, family where we don't talk about our problems. I know I'm doing this, but this is like I'm. This is out of my box. It's like out of my comfort zone. This is not what we do generally. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for women to know that they're not alone. That um, most of us are in the same situation where we're, we have to do what our parents do because our parents always want to live their lives through us. Yeah. And I think it's not important. It's not necessary. Everybody's life is theirs. They get to decide their own. They chose their lives. Now it's time for us to choose ours. So we wrote it under a pseudonym and um, the book is great. And um, we also created a workshop for women called The Feminine Tide in Spain to help women. The thing That's why we want to do. We want to help women. The book was for that and our workshops is for that is because we've, I've been through so much. And I've applied all these workshops to myself and all these exercises in myself, and I know it works. And I want to be able to help other women come through these things. Because it's not easy. It's emotionally destroying, and you feel alone. It's when your parents literally drop you that way, and they turn their backs, and your husband is not someone you can trust. You turn around, you say, really, the people you thought that should have your back don't. Is painful. The only people who had my backs were my friends and my son. And I'm really grateful for that. It must have been so hard to choose between, you know, staying in an awful relationship just to help your son. And then if you leave, you know, you're going to lose your family, your and... parents and your marriage as well. I mean, like, yeah, just... my son was not an option. Like I could not lose my son. I, 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 I never thought about it twice. My parents hurts me but I can't lose myself. Mm. You would do anything to a child, but you won't do it for your parents. And it's very difficult mm. to explain, but it's like I was willing to give up myself for my son, but I wasn't going to give up myself for my parents because they should know better. And so how? So now you have the full custody of your son. Well, he's now 22. So I left when he was 18. So now he gets to choose to do whatever he he's wants. He's an adult, yeah. Okay, he's okay. So between seven and 18... I stayed married. He, yeah, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, and he was still in a relationship with her. And then after he broke it off with her, he was with his secretaries. So it never really stopped. <laughs> yeah. And then after the secretary, it'll be somebody else. It'll just yeah. carry on. And this is what it is. So I said, this is not the life for me. And at some point when he knew I was acting up at the house and I was working and doing weird things, he, I, I was on a trip and I came back and I found a camera in my bathroom. So he was going to spy on me and he thought I was such a retard that I wouldn't notice it. But of course I noticed everything that's in my house. I'm like, what is this? A speaker mm. in the bathroom because it looks like a speaker. So I got close oh. to it. I was like looking at it and I found a camera inside. I was like, oh my God, he's going to spy on me in the bathroom. So I confronted him. He was like speechless. He didn't know what to say. And that was the end of that. Mm. It's not a person you can trust. So I'm not going yeah. to spend my life with a person I don't trust. I need, no, yeah. I want my partner to be my best friend, my friend, my everything. Your lover, it has to be the whole thing. It's not one thing. Your partner is just not just a friend. It's everything. It's a package. This story really highlights the power of a mother's love, like what you would do and what you would give up yeah. for your child is incredible. Yeah, like, I, I really, that's why so I'm strong. Very, very. And I'm happy because now he's like, he's the same. He's very headstrong. <laughs> he's very depend, independent and he's very sure of himself. And he's full of love, honestly. He's so empathetic. His friends go for him to advise. He's just, he, he, he gets it like he needs love in his life and he needs mm. to feel that, which I think is important in human beings. We yeah, all need love. And what my ex-husband had, which was he didn't know how to give or probably he did. He just didn't know how to give it to me. Mm. He didn't know how to receive. It, it's a pity. It's sad. A life without love, I think, is empty. Yeah. It's just uh, heartbreaking. I, what? What? amaze me is that because i mean you just went through your whole story in like yeah. 30 minutes but <laughs> but i mean we need to realize that it's been uh, 20 years pretty much right yeah it's been 20 like, years it's 20 years of suffering and and of 
it's okay. I, mean, I can't I even imagine it. I just can't even imagine it. I, yeah, but it's you have a long to, time. I know, but I have a, this strong character, the sense where I, I know how to compartmentize. So when I was living with my ex, I survived. I didn't lose my character. I did not lose my joy. I was still always laughing and everybody's like, I don't know how she laughs. I, no, I, yeah, it's crazy. I never changed like, because I, you know, it's like one of those times you come to the acceptance. This is what it is. I have to make the best of the situation. I will not let them break me. I will not let this break me. So I'm going to make the best of my life. It's one life. We're going to do the best. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to give the best life to my son. So I was always joyful, always full of energy, always full of life. I always did activities with my son, brought friends over. I never gave up. I just focused more on his activities than my life. My life was more on pause. And when he turned 16, 15, I said, okay, now I need to regain what's mine. I need to focus more on my friendships mm. and because I knew that now, especially at the age of 15, 14, they're like going out more with their friends. So you have more time to yourself. So I started to adjust the time to me, more exercises, let's do this, let's do activities. Let me go out with my friends because by that time I was, I was always because in my society it's like you don't leave your husband at home you have to stay at home if he's at home you stay at home i started going out at night with my friends if they wanted to go to dinner girls night out not exaggerated but i allowed myself that luxury mm. let's say so yeah but i like suffer suffer i didn't suffer happy i wasn't happy um i was in numb mode um mm. i was sad a lot but uh, I would brush it aside completely. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, don't don't diminish it because, like, no, you know, no. Uh, uh, no, no. But I mean, like, it it is amazing. Like, mm, I, th I I I'm pretty sure that ninety nine percent of people, like, you know, there is. You can take a certain amount of punches, you know, and you can be hurt a few times, but. 20 years is a long time and I know but and, I and, and, I, and I think most people would have gave up yes but I'm a fighter but like you, like, yeah like I mean but he, it's a long he, time to fight it's, it's amazing that you've fight. kept yeah. you kept it inside you you kept the fire like yeah, inside you to. somewhere that's but that's the character I have that's how but, I always was like at the beginning he used to hit me once he hit me in front of my son he punched me in the stomach and I, he, my son started crying, so I had to carry him. He was three years old. So I carried my son. I was making him like relax because he was, I was in pain, but I was making my son mm. calm down from crying. I was telling my husband not to touch me anymore, just to get away. So after that, I started defending myself. I used to push him back. And if he pushed, he hits me, I hit him back. So he stopped hitting me. But I would be very in his face. I would never... That's what also, if I may say, if it also helped me survive is um, if he does something, I would voice it out. I don't, mm. I don't stay quiet. I don't swallow yeah. it. Like I voice exactly what I didn't like, what I didn't appreciate. I mean, sometimes it takes us to arguments, but at least I wasn't being diminished. I wasn't being submissive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this way, I guess uh, you didn't let him take control like over you like everything no. like you, you, you no. yeah you're fighting back you had like, your no. shield and he was like yeah he never come had... in I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna take it and yes i mean he never had control he probably thought he had control because yeah. i had to stay i stayed because it was my decision to stay for my son so yeah. it's two different things but he could take it as the way he wants now i'm we're in a divorce <laughs> process again in spain this time not in lebanon again through the church and let's see what happens it's an annulment. If it happens, it happens. Great. If it doesn't happen, the worst scenario is I can't go back to Lebanon. Because when you go to Lebanon, I'm still married to him. Since the church controls the whole married thing there, I would mm. still be married. And in Lebanon, there is a, not rule, but men control the woman's in comings and goings. That means my husband can put my name at the airport and I would never be able to leave the country. So I can't go back to Lebanon as long as I'm married to him, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah, a very modern country with very old rules. Wow. Yeah, so that's the downside. But 
in Spain, I'm not considered married because he never legalized it. Yeah. So I could live my life the way I want to live it. And that's it. I have my apartment. You know. So I want to know about your life now. Um, I Yeah, have... like how... Because how, like when, when you were in this situation, I guess you met people, Spanish people in Spain and... Yeah, and, yeah. My and, friends and are... Friends and... Yeah, but my main friends are not Spanish. My main friends are like Latinas. <laughs> I, okay. have, I have Cuban friends, Puerto Rican friends, <laughs> Mexicans, I have Colombians. So I have a mix of uh, Latinas surrounding okay. me. <laughs> really, I'm lucky to have these friends. They've been my family. So it's like the family you choose, basically. Yeah. Like there's mm. a post that, but it's true. It exists. Yeah. So they're my family. They've been there with me through thick and thin. Um, I spend my days, honestly, right now we're working a lot. So Gladys and I are always on the feminine tide. We're doing a lot of workshops. We're doing some online with uh, the, some Americans and some in uh, Germany. And uh, we're doing workshops um, here in her house because now it's only for 10 people. Since because of the COVID oh, yeah. situation, <laughs> we can't be big groups. So we're having groups of 10. So I'm and keeping busy. These, and what are these workshops based on is it women who've had similar experiences no, or just anyone in anyone who has been through trauma someone who they need to heal their um their traumas they need to heal their traumas they need to find their purpose they need to break their limiting beliefs all these that hold us back as humans we try to deal with that with each person mm. so it's, it's through exercises through um the talking so sharing it's an action plan. That sounds amazing. It's very good. And it's really helping. And it makes us, it really gives us so much happiness when we see the effect we have on the women. And it's great. And there's a lot between 25 to 35 who are contacting us because I think they see that the relationship between their parents isn't great. So they want to do something that's different from their mom. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. It must be I healing think. as well for you to help heal other women. Like it must yes. be part of the process for you as well. Yes. It's a healing process, but I've always been a giver. Like, you know, sometimes people, there's two types of people, the givers and takers. I'm more of a hundred percent giver. I don't expect anything in return, but I expect honesty. The one thing I hate is lies. I can't stand lies. Mm. So that's the only thing. I'm more of a giver. So I'm always ready to help people. So this is fantastic for me. I get to do it as my job. So it's, it's a, like a dream come true because I don't see it as a job anymore. I see yeah. it as being able to give something back to people because I feel a lot. I feel a lot with kids and with women because I feel more with the people that don't have a voice, the, with the people that don't have a voice and aren't seen, I connect more with them because I understand what they're coming from because I wasn't seen and I wasn't heard. So I feel like I need to protect them more and be their voice. So yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm so, uh, <laughs> keep thinking about like the, the whole thing with your parents and... and how everything led no it's very difficult and, it's very uh, difficult because you have to understand in 2002 i left to divorce him um, and that was the church experience i was explaining and in 2006 i found out that they were again together the same woman with whom he has a child so i hmm. said i'm not going to divorce this time this time i'm not going to be stupid because i know the system doesn't work it's always against me so <laughs> you're going to buy me an apartment you're going to get me a car. Your son and I are going to live in Beirut while you stay in Spain. We're going to live separate. When you come, you can come to your house, but you sleep in a different bedroom. This was our deal. Yeah. So this was 2006, June. I moved. I took all my stuff. Alex, we were there. We were going to move. Fantastic. And the war exploded in 2006. I don't know if you remember or you know that the war exploded yeah. in 2006. And I was there. So was my son. And that was not a good experience because, for example, I would be at a dentist, they're cleaning my teeth, and we would hear a bombs. I'm, I'm used to this because I, I was there when I was a child. But I'm thinking now, oh, my God, where's my child? So am I, he's, he's cleaning my teeth, and I'm like, which area? Because Lebanon is super small. But areas, like, it's like each area is like 20 minutes or 15 minutes away, but that makes a difference. Yeah. So I would ask which area because I knew at that time my son was at the beach. 
And he says an area is the same area where my son's at the beach. So now I'm freaking out. I'm saying, get out of my mouth. I need to contact him. But the cellular is not working because the connections died because mm-hmm. of this. Later, he gets home. He's fine. Everything's fine. So at night, you see bombs in the front of the window. He gets excited. He wants to go close to the windows. I pull him away. You can't get close to the windows because they can shatter. These are things you, you learn when you're in war countries. And there came a point where it was getting worse. So I had to decide, or I stay in Lebanon and my son gets used to living in a country like this, or I have to go back to Spain. So I had to get back in a car and go back to Spain. But how did I go back to Spain? So we had to get a car. I had to go via Syria. So we had to pass through places where they were being bombed. So this is dangerous because we had two choices. I'm Canadian. So either we are going to take boats to escape or we were going to travel by car to Syria and take a plane in Syria to Vienna and Vienna to Madrid. The boats was not an option because it's something you stand like eight hours on the street in the heat in the summer, which is incredibly humid and hot. And then you find if you find the space in the boat or not. And then if you're in the boat, everybody's standing up close to each other like sardines. I said, that's not an option. That's not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. that. I said I choose the opt. I opt for the dangerous route. So we got a rented. We we got a taxi. A guy who's gonna drive us until Syria. So my son and I sat in the car. My dad would text me every time, every twenty minutes. Where are you? Where are you? To see if I'm safe. I'm safe until we get to Syria, which is like an hour and a half, two hours drive. And at some point, we passed the place where they were completely bombed, and we see uh, uh, factories oh and a big bus. It, on fire so you still see they're burning so it was just bombed a couple of hours ago and uh, my son's completely blocked he's playing his ds he doesn't want to lo- look up and the driver like a retard he says in arabic to me i have to drive fast now because the israelis are on top of us i'm like okay you retarded person because the plane is fast and slower than the car <laughs> I didn't say anything to him because I wasn't going to kill the person who's going to get yeah. me to Syria. But I was going, oh my God, this guy is a retard. I just hope he gets us to Syria. So we got to Syria. Um, we had a friend who helped us get to the airport. Now you have to understand, Syria airport was chaotic. It's like a zoo. Everybody trying to get out of the country because of the war. So I get there. I have two luggages and I have my son. So the guy was helping us. I give him one luggage, I take my son and I take one luggage in the other hand. So now we're pushing. Men are getting angry because women are not allowed to push. I mean, I'm pushing men in the airport to get across. So they're looking at me and I'm not, I'm just going, Alex, just go, 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 go. So we pass, so we pass the security and then we're free to go. But to get there was crazy. I didn't know what was going to happen between my luggage, my son. It was it wasn't a crazy experience. And when we came back here, when we came back here in Spain, Alex went to school, which I didn't know this marked him, but I guess it did. Because at the school, at the teacher, the teacher said, okay, everyone, everybody to draw something. My son drew a car, me and him sitting next to each other, and there were fire everywhere, and there were bombs, and you see bombs falling, and then you see the truck, and you see the bus on fire, and I was like, oh my God, he's been traumatized. The teacher calls me and she talks to me. I said, well, he never mentioned it to me. So I talked to him. He was fine. But I guess playing the DS, he still saw. I mean, he was glued to the DS, but he was seeing. So it was an experience. I mean, I've lived a very interesting life that I wish no one gets to experience. And the same year, so we get to, yeah, so many things to say. I mean, (laughs) they have to read the book. They have to read the book. Yeah, that summer my son was attacked by Rottweiler also. I mean, I don't know what to say. I was, I had zero nerves. I had, honestly, I had no nerves. I, 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 so the dog attacks my son. I run to my son. The dog runs away and now he's coming back. So now the dog's running towards us, going to attack my son again. So I stand in front of my son. My son's in front of me. The dog's behind me. So the first person he's going to attack is me. I'm looking at my husband screaming, this is my only son. We have to protect him. So he stands behind my son. So I'm standing in front of my son. My son's in front of me and he's behind my son. So it's the dog attacks. First it's me, then it's Alex, and then it's him. So it's fantastic. So he's protected. 
So the guy gets to, to pull the, the, the dog away and then we take Alex to the hospital and all his face is blood. I don't know where the blood is coming from. I'm going crazy. I really, it was a year from hell. I don't know what to say. I've, the things I had to live with. It, it, they have to read the book. I don't know what do to say. That, do you know what I find crazy? What? Is just how nonchalantly you say those bombs dropping yeah. and oh i just worried about i was just in the dentist and there was a bomb dropping i was like like I ha- like it's yeah, crazy that I that could be somebody's reality and somebody's day-to-day life like oh there's another bomb like yeah. like you're is- just saying that as i'm saying like i'm gonna buy apple tomorrow yeah you know? i know i'm going I, grocery shopping it's like i know it sounds crazy <laughs> but when you're experienced and when you see it so much unfortunately you it becomes um common it's like um oh, mm. it's normal it's the normal it's not the normal like i can't say it's normal normal but it's normal. no but yeah. you get used to it you get you, used you, to it you, you, it's something yeah, it's not something it's... to get used to though i mean warplanes no, no, no. i know the sound of warplanes i know the difference of you know you get to you know the sound of the bomb that's coming and you know the sound you get used to the sounds you kind of identify each one wow yeah and the the way um everything happened with your parents uh the way you know like the meeting this guy at the beginning was arranged and then the fact that your mother uh told him that you need to get engaged if you want to carry on and the way they've been behaving since everything happened uh, is that would you say is that like a traditional normal thing to What's- do in lebanon or What's traditional is being protective, maybe. Like, um, you don't want to ruin your daughter's name. You don't want her to be used. Let's just put it this way. But um, my mom, the way she's, my parents, the way they're reacting right now and not having my back when I decide to leave my husband, especially knowing what he has done, since they know everything in detail from the moments they were happening, and knowing that everybody's with me, that is not traditional. That is more about control. I think that they just feel like they should have, they should have control of my life when it's not their life; it's mine. The way Most I have no the- control on my son's life. It's, it's his life. I yeah. can have. I can give him advice, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. his life at the end. You can guide him. But I can not guide him. him. I can yeah. advise him. I can love him. I can support him. Doesn't mean I would love everything he's gonna do, but I'm always there for him. So them not being there for me, for me, really, honestly, even though they're my parents, I don't understand it because no matter what our kids do, even if we don't approve, you should always be there for them. You could say, I don't like what you're doing, but you know, you're my son. I love you. Or my my daughter. I love you. No. Do you you think it's because like you said, like it's usually, you you said that uh, usually in Lebanon, uh, it's a man country, uh, it's ruled by men. Yes, and everything is is built to advantage men. Yes, um, but this situation be- is not that. Do you s- not, but do you think because you've been speaking up, so you're not you're the exception. You're like fighting the system and fighting the rules. Do you think they feel threatened? Uh, yeah, like threatened or ashamed that they're that you're not, you know, like following the path and, and, and doing what you sh- should be doing according to them. And, and they are like not supporting you because you are trying to fight the system. Probably, but I don't understand. That's why what I don't understand is everybody in Lebanon, all my friends, mm. the society knows, and none of them are surprised. Everybody said, oh, we yeah. saw this coming. No one is surprised. So I'm surprised they're surprised. Yeah. So if let's like, just say the society is uh, going, oh my God, I can't believe she's doing this. It's not done. Then I understand that reaction. Right. But yeah. since the society is saying we saw this coming, she's right to leave him because this is not done. Hmm. Then I don't understand that. Yeah, then true. I wouldn't understand yeah. it unless it's about control and my mom wanting me to do what she wants me to do. It's her way or hmm. no, no way. If I don't follow her rules, I don't get that. Yeah. Also, yeah, the fact that they, they... Because she wants me to live in... She gave me... She said to me, you have two choices. We know you're not happily married. You know you don't have a good husband. We give you only two choices. Either you stay with him and you stay married or you move back with us and you live with us. And for me, honestly, both mm-hmm. were not choices. 
I will not live with my parents. Do you want to cut your right leg or your left leg? Yeah, basically. Like. It's like, oh, oh, I want to keep both legs. Yeah. So yeah. honestly, I didn't think it was, I had a choice. It hurts. It still hurts. I, I'm still working on it, but I'm much better. I let them go. Like I still mm -hmm. love them. I will mm -hmm. always love them, but I don't agree with what they yeah. did. I don't understand them. I don't need to understand them. I just let them go accordingly. It's okay. I just mm. wish them the best. I want them to be happy, which honestly I don't because they they look for drama and this is one. They create drama. So you said you had a sister, right? You I have, have a sister. sister. She lives in Canada. She's also with my parents. She will do what my mom says. Oh. So yeah, so I've lost all of them, which is fine. Actually, no, I haven't lost them. Let's just put it this way. They lost me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. And you you said that uh, about your parents, uh, you have you are supported by the rest of your family and and by society in Lebanon. Uh, is it having an impact on the way? things are like is it having an impact on the fact that you know like no. maybe man shouldn't be in control no no for, uh, my family my parents cut contact with my family since because my father called them saying either you choose her or you choose us mm -hmm. so my parents my family said we don't do that we don't choose between the two so my parents made the decision for them and society goes my parents lie to society they're saying we're still married so they oh. don't know that they know because i know they know because they talk to me and they ask me so i tell them the truth because honestly i have nothing to hide mm. this is my decision this is my path and i have i don't have to lie to them i'm still married because i'm not i left him so they're still lying to the society because they don't want them to know so now for example in the summer they're telling everybody we're going to canada to visit uh, our two daughters They're visiting one daughter, not the next one, but mm. so they're trying to keep on doing the lies. Yeah. So That's sad. It's sad, but again, it's their loss. Until now, I thought yeah, it was yeah, no, my yeah. loss. No, no, because until now, I said it's my loss. I lost my parents. And then at some point, we were like, we were working on the uh, workshops. I said, you know what? It's their loss. Yeah, no, they it, lost yeah, someone it's, amazing. It's, it's sad I, for them that yeah. they can't face the truth. Yes, and they that can't face they, the truth. Yeah, and they lost my son. Because they wanted to make yeah. Alex also, against yeah. me and he didn't. So they cut him off too. So mm. not only did they lose me, they lost a grandson. Yeah. So it's their loss. Big time. Mm. So yeah, that's my busy life. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling you've got more. Considering you're saying that living a, a country in war is normal, I've got a feeling that you could probably have more things. <laughs> I'm sure like, I will. I was so yeah. glad. I might have a second book coming out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just the fact of like growing up in a country at war and and going back to it and having another one. I'm sure that could be a whole other experience and another book story. Story and yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. But uh, I'm happy here in Spain and our business is thriving. We're helping a lot of women, so we're really happy, really. So I'm glad. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but I'll ask anyway because I, I just ask what I want to ask. No, <laughs> don't do answer that. if you're you don't like want me. to. No, no, yes, I know you're going to ask. You can ask. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts now on marriage for you in the future? Like, are you dating? Is that a possibility? Or is it like, no, never? Like, No, I would love that. Now? I'm a ro total yeah. romantic. Good. I want to okay. fall in love. I want to meet a guy. I, I want the whole, you know, they say the whole enchilada in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I am a romantic person. I don't give up on love just because of a bad experience. I'm glad I believe you still in believe love. in love. It's and you still believe in yes. ever after, and you yes. still want that dream, like yes. everything. And yes, yes, but yes. I believe. Yes, of course I do. But I believe in happy after, and I believe in uh, everything of that. But I'm also realistic in knowing in yeah. every relationship you have moments of problems. It's not like I believe there's a happy ending and yeah. it's all rosy like in fairy tales. No, yeah. I believe in finding your partner who has your back, who you trust, who you can go to bed with, and not worry of how he's gonna hurt you. I believe in that. I believe in love. So yes. 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 It's, I was it's, hoping for that answer. Thank you. No, but Welcome. <laughs> but again, like I don't want to diminish things. Like no, it's, it's fine. amazing how strong you are. Yeah. Like I really want to point it. Like it's. it's I know everybody tells me impressive. That they, like I mean, 
how how many how many women do you know that usually you know like after a bad experience with a man with like um a man being unfaithful and trust issues and i mean you have way more than that but yeah, just I that know, i know like how many women like struggle and can't even trust a man anymore in their life you I know? know they get hurt and easily yeah and i mean you had 20 years of deep shit like <laughs> i mean it's not just unfaithful it's the whole yeah and, to be and betrayed you, by and, your parents and your husband yeah so it's a and betrayal you still, in all and, you, and you still believe in love and you're still willing to yes. trust a man and it is yes. I mean, because, <laughs> I, because I have a lot of love in me, so I know it exists. Just because some people don't have it doesn't mean a lot of people have it. Like, mm. you know, some people have it, some people don't have it. And I chose, and I ended up with someone who didn't have it. But I do. So I believe, like me, there are many out there. And I will hopefully one day meet that person. If, yeah. if I meet that person, fantastic. And if I don't, also fantastic. It's okay. My path is this. I will have to accept it. Hopefully, you I do. You are so though. incredibly strong. Yeah, you are you amazing. Are. Thank you. I mean, thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Girl <Yeah>. power. <laughs> Girl power, exactly. But thank you for having me and thank you for listening to my story. Tell us more about the book. What's the name of the, what's the title? The title is, where we can yeah, find it. Um, uh, Amazon has it and it's called okay. He Never Deserved Me by okay. Ariana Mansour. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm yeah. going to link it in the description so okay, everyone fantastic. can, can get so it. Thank uh, yeah. you I, I didn't have time to read it because that was like no, in three days. Not. So it's, it's it was like 300 pages. So I was I can't I read it, but I'm, I'm going to read it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to it. read it for the for the interview, but it was too short. No, I know. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But thank you very much. And now we yeah. also have the workshop, The Feminine Tide. So they can find that too if they want to follow us. Yeah, I'm going to link everything. So. Yeah, yeah, in Instagram. It's the dot feminine tide. Okay. Yeah. But I want to say one thing before I go. If Alex is going to be listening to this, I want him to know I love him loads. And I will always, always, always going to be behind his back. I will never leave him. Ever. Okay. Just you can see. tell your love for him is so strong. It's incredible. Yes, he's Where in, is he right now? He's in Boston. Oh, okay. So he's still in the US. He's okay. still in the US. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's an amazing, I mean, you're an amazing role model for him. Yeah. We in have a sense a very that, you know, like the, the day he's going to find someone and, yeah. and, I, and I wanna, uh, the thing is, I wanted to teach him this. Life is always ups and downs and I don't yeah. believe in giving up and I don't believe in the word it's impossible. Everything is possible. You're, There you're is amazing. A lot of, yeah, no, but it's true. I don't like, like someone was talking to me and she was like, it's impossible. I go, no, I don't like that word. There's always a way. There's always a way. I'm sure it's more difficult, but there's a way. There's a way. Yeah, I mean, you're the, you, you can prove it. Like, you're the proof of that. I mean, <laughs> you're you seeing so the ups and downs. I mean, you had a lot of downs and not yeah. just small downs. Like, yeah, and, and, and look at you. Like... <laughs> I feel like this is going to be like on Netflix in a year or so. Yeah. Like I, can, I can see it's like a film or like a Netflix show. Or... I hope so. I really hope so. I wouldn't That'd be say amazing. no. That would be who, would, who would play you? Honestly. <laughs> who would you choose? We've talked about it a lot. What's her name? <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. I want yes. Mila Kunis to play me. I yes, love her. good choice. She's, uh, you know, she's exotic and I like that. She's different. Yeah. I need to play. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I would love this. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But thank you I mean, very much. Really. Thank you so thank much you. for being here. I mean, thank you yes. so much. It was great um, meeting both of you and doing this with you. Yeah, no, no. It's a fantastic show what fantastic. you have. Thank what you. you're doing is amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> what you're doing is amazing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> thank wow. you. The fact that you want to help other women and, yeah. like, share your story and empower women and, you know, show that you can take your life into your own hands and always you decide your yes it is just, in the our whole hands. thing it's a just... decision it's a decision it's a decision yeah. away so i've got one last that. question i just yes. thought about like so i mean you're you're doing workshops to help women in general and everything yeah um i'm really ignorant about it is there a strong uh lebanese community in in spain like yeah, there is other, other women like you that you could help in your specific situation maybe like yourself um lebanese in my when i came to madrid i asked uh, if i wanted to be surrounded by the lebanese here but what i what they told me is here the lebanese are not very much together everybody's dispersed and they're more integrated okay. Okay. but honestly um i'm happy being how i am being a variety of friends i don't want to yeah. be yeah i no 
No, but like you could be leading the way for, you know, See, like yes, Lebanese woman to, to get the freedom. I can, <laughs> but I don't want to force anyone to do anything. At the end of True. the day, it has to be their decision. If you make them do it, they won't. And they won't That's accept true. it. Uh, there's a lot of women not going, accepting that they need help or they're not willing to do it. So I'm only wanting to help the ones who reach out. I, I, I don't believe in forcing. So, yeah. yeah. So, sorry. But. Well, thank you so much for being on this thank episode so with us. It has been us. incredible. You like, I cannot amazing. even explain. No, you're amazing. Yeah. Stop. Just, <laughs> you just, listen. Yeah, just listen. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. You're incredible. You're strong. You're powerful. You're just... Yeah. <laughs> amazing well done for everything thank that you, you put so up with much. well done for loving your son as much as you love him it's incredible thank you so much thank you for writing the book as well look forward to reading that thank you for being here thank you so much for everyone for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did go and find her on instagram find the book on amazon and read it go and leave her reviews go and show her some love tell her how incredible she is i think she needs to hear it because she keeps trying to throw yeah. it back at us <laughs> but no you take it take it all I know. thank you so much guys <laughs> and thank you for listening we will be back next wednesday with a new episode um thank you for tuning in and yeah we'll speak to you soon yeah thank you guys